0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do may be for? And Scott Seidenberg.
1: The Sparto's the Motorheads, Geeks,
0: Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is the Sharp Edge. How's your bracket? Hope it's looking good here. Scott Seidenberg alongside Brandon Lang, the Sharp Edge NCAA Tournament, first round edition. We hope that you're going to listen to this prior to second round action on Saturday and Sunday. And Brandon, dogs have ruled the day so far in this NCAA tournament. Maybe not so straight up, even though there have been upsets, but against the spread, the dogs are running wild.
1: Yeah, if you're a dog handicapper like me, that, that bodes really, really well. You know, Braun was editing our last podcast and said, my God, you're hitting everything you look at. And I said, mm-hmm. thanks, I appreciate it. It's been a it's been a dream tournament so far for me, 4-0 going into this Saturday card. Yesterday, a 100-dimer on Oregon. I just thought the athleticism would wear out Wisconsin. They did, blew them out late, much like Wofford, who, who blew out uh, Seton Hall late. But, yeah, it's been uh, starting on Tuesday, just uh, – South Dakota State, Mike Dom, which probably should have been the Big Sky's representative in, but they got upset in their conference tournament and then came back Wednesday with a, another squeaker. That was Texas Southern in overtime over New Orleans, and then Thursday we, we had Belmont plus three. And, Scott, you know things are going well in this gambling business. When you have Belmont leading the whole game, you have Belmont missing two free throws. Kevin McLean, their senior guard, with— 3.47 to go in a tie game at 71. You know that was going to come back to haunt him. Maryland hits a three. Now you're sweating the cover. And then with 2.4 seconds to go, Maryland goes to the line up one on plus three. He makes the first. So to avoid the push, I need the miss. And the great thing about it is I'm a shooter, been a shooter. When you clear the free throw lane and it's not as congested, it's a different depth than if, they, if, if there's three guys on each side. I'm just telling you, it's a different depth. Sure enough, short rims it, winner, winner, chicken dinner. That was the fourth <laughs> straight 75-dime guaranteed at BrandonLang.com. And, then of course, yesterday, the 100-dime in Oregon. So to be 4-0 heading into this card, you know, we said on the podcast last week that I closed last year's tourney on a 13-2 run. It started to look like history going to repeat itself there, brother.
0: Oh, dude, I'm feeling sexy right now. I sent you the picture last night of my five-teamer. And it was four dogs, Cal Irvine, Oregon, Washington, Ohio State. UCF was the only favorite I picked, and it was basically a pick because they were only minus one. And uh, one of the dogs that everybody's loving is Murray State. John Moran with the first tournament triple-double since Draymond Green in 2012. A lot of public action coming in on them tonight as four-and-a-half-point dogs against Florida State. That line has even moved down to four-and-a-half. It opened up even higher. I actually think. Am I crazy to think that now there's value on taking Florida State minus the four and a half because everyone's jumping on Murray State?
1: Yeah, there could be, there could be. But for me, I you know you you sort of missed the boat with Murray State plus the plus the three and a half over Marquette and and just what a tank job down the stretch for Howard and and and, and the Warriors and their stock probably fell. His stock probably fell big time. I I can't touch that game for, simply because I I want to watch. I want to watch Ja. I want to root for Ja. He's fantastic. I have a two, I, yeah, I have a 200 dimer. Second of my career, number two in a row. Uh, number one being North Carolina minus four over Duke, 79 70 on March 9th. And like I said, 4 0 coming into today. 200 dimer, number two in a row uh, on the night card. I left that one alone. I'm going to watch it and enjoy it and, and watch Ja Moran go against the length of the Florida State Seminoles. But you, you, Scott. You've been on fire. I mean, you've had a you've had a great run so far, and I and I think you're onto something probably with the value plays Florida State, but it's just hard to root against John Moram. Who else you like on this on this card?
0: Well, I'm feeling I'm feeling a chalky day, except for I love what you're going to say about the nightcap when we're getting to that. But I I've, I love LSU today. I think getting I think giving three points to Maryland. I thought Maryland was going to lose to Belmont. I had that in my bracket. I picked Belmont to cover the spread. We were happy with that. I love LSU to win this game and cover the spread. I think that Michigan handles Florida easily later. It's only six. I think it should be way more than six. I've looked at some projections that that have it simulated at, what, seven and a half or eight. So I think six is a steal for Michigan over Florida. And I'll tell you what, I have an interesting dog play later tonight. I'm going to go with Baylor getting the points against Gonzaga because I think this is the first real test for Gonzaga since they played St. Mary's and well, obviously because they, they had a cakewalk in their first round, but this is the first like legit team that they're going to play since probably they beat Duke in the, in the Maui invitational. This is a real team in Baylor. I'm, I'm curious to see how Gonzaga handles this. It's a high number. You're getting a ton of points by taking Baylor.
1: Well, will tell you what about Baylor and to borrow from the movie, Fargo, although I don't think I agree with your police work there, Norm. Um, Baylor has a tendency, with the exception of getting blown out the last game of the year at home by 17 to Iowa State. They seem to play close games. Battled Kansas to an eight-point game on the road. Oklahoma State at home lost by three. At Kansas State lost by six. Beat Texas. Beat West Virginia. They got rocked at Texas Tech by 25. Um, with exception of that, Their last bad loss was at Texas 12. You look at them uh, as the season as a whole, going all the way back to the beginning, that's it. Those are the only double-digit losses. So although you may be on the right side of the game, I would be scared to touch Baylor. They go through scoring droughts. And if I were going to tell you that of all four number one seeds, the only one to cover the (laughs) number— Gonzaga, North Carolina didn't, Duke didn't, Virginia didn't. In fact, all three of them, as crazy as this sounds. We're struggling. They were down. All three were down at the half. Well, two were down at the half. Um, well, two were at the Duke, half. Yeah, yeah two, Duke two by barely, four. yeah. So, again, it's, um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, You know, again, Al Marco's got a massive play at BrandonLang.com. Only the first 30-dime release for him in the last seven years, I think, on that Baylor-Gonzaga game. So, some big happenings. Um, At the website, that uh, guys have been doing a bang-up job. I think Jack Brayman won 11 straight days last week. Um, I think he lost the last two, but he carried the website while everybody else was trying to find their footing. Then I've gotten hot the last four days. Um, Nine really good handicappers with with Saturday plays at bretaling.com. But an intriguing game to me is Auburn-Kansas. Is Kansas as good as they look? Kansas getting
0: points, too.
1: Yeah, is Kansas as good as Northeastern? made them lock, look, Scott, your thoughts?
0: I think that Kansas getting points is something that you you have to jump on. Auburn, th- what scares me, Brandon, is, you know, you've seen this so many times before, not just in, in betting, but just in all sports. When a team has a near upset, they seem to get it together the next game right like it's like a wake up call. Yep, Auburn was the only 5 seed to win in this tournament so far and they should have lost. New Mexico State had a wide open look for the win and but he man. missed a wide open look. They should what? have lost. I I just I hate going against teams that have that wake up call because you got to think that Bruce Pearl is going to have this team like woken up alive and ready to come and demolish Kansas.
1: Yeah, I had noted how in this tournament you you have kids that are put in a position of pressure that they literally have never felt before in their life, and some kids can step up and handle that to a degree that that they're just they're made for it. They just doesn't phase them one single bit, mm. and you have to feel for Senior Kevin McLean who missed those two free throws with, you know, 347 on the clock. And you're sitting there looking at it going, that's going to come back to haunt them. They go they go up 73, 71. I was talking to a buddy of mine used to be an assistant coach at the Division I level. And he said to me, if you make both those free throws, you go down on the other end with a different defensive intensity. And I don't think Maryland's going to get that wide open look for three. He said, when McLean missed both those free throws, you just take the air out of your entire basketball team. And they just had a lapse and Maryland hits a three and it's all over. The kid I feel for is Terrell Brown of New Mexico state. One second to go, 78, 76. You're fouled on a three and you got a chance mm-hmm. to make three free throws and send your team to the round of 32 now when he missed the first it was over it was completely over yeah he made the second but the third the pressure on the third to tie it and send it to overtime see if he makes the first i think he makes the next two and they're in the they're in the round of 32 he's got to live with that for the rest of his life and 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 that's going to haunt him um, that's going to haunt him, and it's a shame because Mexico State played their played their guts out. But I, I agree with you. You get to a point where you have that scare, and and that takes me into Michigan State and Minnesota. Um, they only played once this year. Michigan State got them. Um, Minnesota's playing really, really well, beat Purdue in the Big Ten tournament, knocked off Louisville. Um, they've punched their ticket. But Tom is on Michigan State's one of those teams where when they play an average game or they don't play well, they bounce back. And get it done. And I think people are going to be tempted to take that 10.5. I think Michigan State covers the number and blows Minnesota out. The first meeting, um, by the way, in Michigan, uh, at Michigan State, February 9th. Uh, Spartans him out 79, 55. I can see something similar to that. I kind of
0: see it too, because of uh, the distractions that's going on with everyone getting on Izzo for yelling at his players. I just think there's going to be like a statement made today where they roll over Minnesota and everyone's hugging Tom Izzo and all the players are showing the cameras how much they love their coach. I think that's going to be the type of game it's going to be for the Spartans. I want to talk to you about live betting. Because Brandon, I was five and zero yesterday on live in-game bets: Virginia, Duke, Tennessee, Texas Tech, and North Carolina. And I posted all my plays on Twitter at Scotts On Air. And I said the reason why live betting for me it, it works is because you can you can find incredible value on game lines. If you study it properly, you can't just bet it blindly, though. You can't just say, oh, well, this team is a favorite and they're trailing now. So I'm going to bet them live. You have to watch the game and see how it's flowing and understand, is it going to reverse Or is it going to continue? And in the case of Virginia and Duke and North Carolina and Tennessee, you knew that the game was going to reverse and regress to the mean, and that's why I hammered North Carolina at minus 9.5. I hammered Virginia at minus 11.5. I hammered Duke at minus 12, and they ran away with the covers at the end of the game. Are you a big fan of live betting?
1: No, because I can't watch one game. I'm flicking around watching all four, you know, yeah. at different times. And then, you know, I'll be watching the one game, and then I'll look up and see the score in another game. I'm like, "Ooh, I got to go watch that game," and I'll flick back over. So now I don't have time for that. Good for <laughs> you. Good for you. But I'm, and I'm a, an emotional wreck when it comes to watching these games. Anyways, is everybody who watches a game will tell you that I'm very good in the first five minutes, knowing whether I'm on the right side or the wrong side. So. Um, good for you. Nice little 5 and 0 run. Make a little coin to head into Manhattan for you. Do a little scores, make a little penthouse club, grab a steak at <laughs> Morton's, little cage and ribeye, half a bottle of wine, and go see Diamond and Desiree. Um, good for you. Do you want to talk about one more game on the night card? I know the, the Villanova. Um,
0: well, yeah, you know, it, it's a, interesting. Villanova is a dog to Purdue. Um, you know, I have Purdue in my bracket going to the Elite Eight, actually. I have them playing Virginia, and I actually toyed around with having Purdue beating Virginia, but I filled out Virginia in, in my Final Four. You know, something inherently, because I'm an East Coast guy, it, it just it feels wrong to pick against Jay Wright because uh, he's so tournament-tested. Uh, but, hey, there's a reason why Purdue's favored in this game, I guess.
1: Well, a couple things. You know, you got a Villanova team that's 16 and won their last 17. Um NCAA tournament games. They're 14 and three um, against the number in those 17 games. So let's take it one step further. Um, against the Big Ten, 11 and two against the spread, their last 13. Very strong Villanova numbers here. Um, and Villanova's won 23 straight neutral site games. Now, the health of Edwards, Carson Edwards, their stud, he's um, He's playing with a bad back. He says he's fine, but the stats say otherwise. His last four games, he's connected on just 27% of his shots, 11 of 45 for three against Old Dominion. He was seven of twenty-three from the floor, including four of twelve from three. There's sixth man's got a sprained ankle. Um interesting. Interesting that they're they're as big a favorite uh, as they are. Be interesting to see how that how that game unfolds. Let's uh, let's quickly uh I gotta get get out of here in about five minutes. Just quickly go to the Sunday card mm-hmm. and, and just see if anything just pops your fancy real quick. We'll do one minute, just one game real quick on the Sunday card. We'll come back on Sunday morning and, and do a Sunday podcast for everybody and, and release some Sunday plays for you. But if there's one line that pops out to you on the Sunday card, what is it?
0: <sighs>
1: the one that
0: jumps out to me right now would probably be Tennessee 8 over Iowa. I don't like that matchup and I feel like Iowa with their tendency to slow down the pace can kind of mess up that game a little bit for Tennessee. Whenever I see two teams with different styles, I always tend to go with the athletes because I think the athletes pull away in the end. So I think Tennessee could lay that line. It might wind. I I think that game winds up being a sweat though till the end.
1: The line for me is Buffalo, Texas tech. Texas Tech's three and a half. That seems awfully low. I know Buffalo look really good against Arizona State, but I think you might be able to get some value on Texas Tech at minus three and yeah. a half. We're going we'll to see. We're
0: gonna have to dive further into that one because you and I dif- you and I disagreed on that in our preview podcast when the brackets first came out, when we talked about you know Buffalo and Texas Tech. And I said, Buffalo is the team to watch in that region, and then you were all about Texas Tech. I actually listened to you. I put Texas Tech in my Elite Eight, but uh, that we're going to have to get into that game a little further tomorrow morning.
1: Yep, got it.
0: <laughs> All right, Brandon, enjoy the games on Saturday. You guys enjoy the games on Saturday, and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to the Sharp Edge. This is the best gambling podcast you're going to find out there. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Don't forget to check out BrandonLang.com, and follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air. Good luck.